This is the NC Everything Podcast, a show where we talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 44 of the show. I'm your host, Curtis, and today we're going to talk about Greensboro. But before I get started in that, you know, I got to do some, some promotion and I got a little bit of housekeeping to do. So let's start with the housekeeping. If you listen to my USS North Carolina episode, I had commented in there that the 16 inch guns on the battleship could fire 30 rounds per second. Well, I got a, a really nice email from Jeff from Yadkinville and he corrected me on that. Um, he actually served on a battleship not the USS North Carolina, but he was in the Navy and he told me that the 16 inch guns could fire about one round every 30 seconds per barrel, which is still incredibly fast. I will say, um, but the USS North Carolina had nine 16 inch guns on it. So if they all fired at the same time, you would get, uh, nine shots every, about every 30 seconds, or if they fired, uh, sequentially, you could essentially get one shot every six seconds if you divided it up, you know, through a, through a minute. But anyway, thank you, Jeff, for listening to the show and writing in. Now, if any of you want to contact me, you can do that through the website at www.thencevertingpodcast.com. Now, if you go to the website, uh, I have a media player right on the home screen. You can listen to this episode and all of my past episodes as far as contact, I have a contact button on there and that'll give you links to my email, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can follow me on those, uh, social media platforms. Just search the NC everything podcast. Uh, also on the website, you can click the actual episode, uh, button that'll also take you to where you can listen to my episodes, but there there's also uh links to any pictures i have in relation to the show and i know all you returning listeners have to listen to this at the beginning of every episode but but i want to get it out there so i can say i did my part to to promote my show anyway check out the website check us out on social media and let's go ahead and talk about greensboro now this episode was suggested by Kristen, who currently lives in greensboro thank you Kristen, for reaching out and giving me a suggestion all right. Well, Greensboro is in Guilford County and Guilford County was formed in 1771 from parts of Orange County and Rowan County. And Guilford County was named after Francis North, who was the first Earl of Guilford and the father of the prime minister of Great Britain at that time. Early on, before the Europeans showed up, the area was populated by the Okanichi and the Suan tribes. Now, eventually Germans, Welsh Quakers, English, Scottish, and Irish started moving down into the Greensboro area. Now, I, I mentioned this migration, I think, in the, the Tryon episode, but a lot of these, these immigrants came from, from the Jamestown colony or around that area. Well, these new settlers to the area didn't get to live in peace for too long because pretty soon we were uh, fighting England for our independence in the Revolutionary War. And Greensboro was actually the site of a pretty important battle between Nathaniel, General Nathaniel Green and the British General Cornwallis. 
and this battle took place at Guilford Courthouse on March 15th, 1781. Now, just kind of a rundown of, uh, of this battle real quick. I promise in the spring of 1781, you got, uh, Cornwallis and his British troops and they're heading up through North Carolina. Well, general green in an effort to, to stop this March through North Carolina, he sent up about 4,000 soldiers or rebels, depending on which way you look at it. And he split them up into three battle lines around Guilford courthouse and the fight was on. But Cornwallis lost about a quarter of his army, and the reason this was really important, not necessarily because of any one detail at Guilford Courthouse, but the the victory from General Green at Guilford Courthouse really rained on Cornwallis's parade, and it wasn't long after that that he was defeated in Yorktown, Virginia. So now the United States was his own country, North Carolina was his own state, and Guilford County was its own county. But we had uh, some county seat business to deal with. You see, the county seat was actually in Guilford Courthouse. But Guilford Courthouse is in the northern part of the county. And as settlers were spreading out, they you know felt like it was a really long way to get to the courthouse. So they needed to find a, a more central location in the county to put the courthouse and ultimately the county seat. Well, in 1807, the General Assembly passed an act appointing commissioners to find a new spot for the county seat. Now, surveyors, they went all around the central part of uh, Guilford County. Well, they found a what they f- felt like was a suitable spot. Uh, it was central in the county, but it was a real swampy area. And that was around uh, present-day Fisher Park in Greensboro. Well, this swampy area was approved. But they picked a, a spot just a little ways from this, you know, to get out of the to get out of the swamp. So that the area they originally picked was a forty-two acre tract, which Ralph Goral sold to the commissioners for ninety-eight dollars. Now this original forty-two acre tract, uh, all I can find is it's uh, in the downtown area now. So I guess it's been you know, developed over and all, but. Uh, somewhere in the downtown area is the original 42 acres of land that was sold to start building the new county seat. And of course, this county seat would be called Greensboro. Now, actually, Greensboro's had a, a few names. Um, before 1890, it was called the City of Flowers. Now, the reason this is, is because uh, plant nurseries was a booming business in the area uh, up to around 1890. And so it was the City of Flowers. Now, eventually, and I think today, they call it Gate City. And the reason it was called Gate City was around the 1890s, um, there was about 60 trains a day leaving and arriving in Greensboro. So it was a, a pretty busy train depot. And so it got the name Gate City. But let's not jump ahead. The county commissioners, they bought their 42-acre lot. Well, then on this property, they... Um, established 44 building lots. And then they sold these building lots at auction to raise money to build the courthouse and the jailhouse. Now, I don't know if everybody understands what I mean by um, lots. I've looked at a lot of old maps, a lot of colonial maps. And if you look at some of these old maps, you'll have like the main street going through and literally on each side of the main street, there'll be um, squares, all equal space, just squares on each side. And those are lots. And then each of these 
um, squares downtown get sold. And once they sell and they build their businesses, that's when you walk downtown and you might have a cobbler and you have a tavern and you have a blacksmith. You know, each of these lots get sold to, to a business. And maybe you already knew that, but I remember talking about lots getting sold um, when I did the Tuscarora War episodes. And so I wanted to, to make sure y'all understood what it, what, how that worked. Because it doesn't quite work like that today. I mean, it does, but there's no uh, main road and then just squares on each side. You know, they, they have the commercial zoning and that's pretty much how it works today. Anyway, let me get back on track here. Let's see. The town was, was growing and everything was looking good. And it was looking like Greensboro was going to be just a nice, quiet little town out in the Piedmont of North Carolina. But this was changed when the railroad came to town. You see, they were building the North Carolina Railroad. Well, a guy named John Motley Moorhead, um, you might, might remember the Moorhead family from my Moorhead Planetarium episode. John Motley Moorhead was the former governor of North Carolina. Well, he and a lot of other, I guess, uh, important people, well, they went to the state legislature in 1849, and they lobbied the legislature to have the North Carolina Railroad, which would connect Goldsboro to Charlotte, rerouted so that it would go through Greensboro. Well, they got what they wanted. They put the railroad through Greensboro, and it was completed in 1856. Now, by the end of the 1800s, there were several rail lines that either started in Greensboro or passed through Greensboro. But before we got to the end of the 1800s, we had to go through the 1860s. Do any of you guys remember what happened at the beginning of the 1860s? That's right, the Civil War. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to go down a, a big Civil War rabbit hole in this episode. Plus, there wasn't a whole lot of Civil War action at Greensboro. Um, but a few things to say was that around the time of the Civil War, Greensboro had a population of about 2,000. Um, the local military unit in Greensboro was called the Guilford Grays, and about 45 members of the Guilford Grays served in the Confederate Army. Now, there wasn't any Civil War battles in Greensboro, but toward the end of the Civil War, there was about 100,000 people in and around Greensboro. And this was because um, after the, the surrender, a lot of the wounded soldiers from Union and Confederate armies were being moved to makeshift hospitals in Greensboro. And it was Greensboro where the Confederate officers received their paroles after the, after the surrender. Also, when uh, Jefferson Davis was retreating from Richmond because of the surrender, he passed through Greensboro. So as you can see, uh, though Greensboro wasn't the backdrop for any major battles or even really any major skirmishes, it was the setting for some other Civil War business that needed to be taken care of. Now, after the war, we had Reconstruction, and that's pretty much the country trying to put itself back together. Now, one thing I wanted to comment on this period was Warnersville. Warnersville was a community of freed slaves that was founded in 1808, and this was around the corner of South Eugene Street and Bilbro Street. And how this came to be was that the Association of Friends of Philadelphia bought land in that area and in turn sold it to former slaves so they could build homes for their families. Now, a lot of the credit for building this community or, or helping out getting this community established goes to Yardley Warner. Now, he was a Pennsylvania Quaker, a Pennsylvania Quaker, 
who, like I said, he, he really had a big hand in all this. And so it was named after him and called Warnersville. Now, another thing I just want to slip in here because I made a note of it was that around this time in 1862, William Sidney Porter was born in Greensboro. Now, you might know him better as O. Henry. And O. Henry is a very famous author who wrote The Gift of the Magi. Now, we're at 1870. In 1870, the North Carolina General Assembly passed legislation making the town of Greensboro into the city of Greensboro. Now, at that time, around 1870, the, the new city of Greensboro was still just one square mile, and it had 2,000 residents. Also around this time, Greensboro was going through a big uh, industry boom. You see a lot of manufacturing kind of rebounded after the Civil War. And so, metal foundries, lumber mills, furniture plants, tobacco factories, places like that were, were going up everywhere. By 1891, Greensboro had 16 manufacturing plants. Now, around this time, too, uh, a lot of pharmacies were really getting kicked off. Uh, pharmaceutical was becoming an ever more important thing. And in Greensboro, the Vic Chemical Company was started in the 1890s. This was started by Lun Lunsford Richardson. Now, he developed a cold remedy in his drugstore in the 1890s, and it would eventually be called Vic's Vapor Rub. Now, textile was also a, a really important thing in Greensboro. I mean, you remember how much cotton was grown in the South. Well, in the early 1890s, Moses and Caesar Cone came to Greensboro, and they started selling products for several of these cotton mills in and around Greensboro. Now, eventually, they decided to start their own cotton mill, and their first Greensboro plant was completed in 1896. By the middle of the 20th century, Cone Mills Corporation had 20 mills all around the South, and they employed thousands of workers. In 1935, a company that was founded by J. Spencer Love, called Burlington Mills, based in Burlington, it moved to Greensboro. Well, eventually, Burlington Mills became the largest textile company in the world, with plants in 18 states and 7 countries. The VF Corporation, which is based in Greensboro, is the largest maker of denim jeans in the country. Now let's talk about education. Greensboro has always been kind of a hub for higher education. In 1837, the Quakers founded the New Garden Boarding School. This was the state's first co-educational school. Now, it eventually became Guilford College in 1888. In 1838, the Methodists got a charter for the state's first women's college. Then this women's college is now Greensboro College. In 1873, Bennett College was founded to educate African Americans. In 1891, the General Assembly passed an act that, that eventually led to the Normal and Industrial School for White Girls. Today, this is the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And around that same time, the North Carolina Agricultural and Technical University was chartered. That's NCANT. So as you can see, Greensboro certainly isn't short on colleges. In 1923, Greensboro annexed more property to increase its size to almost 18 square miles. And at that time, over 45,000 people were calling Greensboro home. And so that made Greensboro the third largest city in North Carolina. And that status hasn't changed yet. And Greensboro just kept growing and growing. It was also in 1923 when the Jefferson building was built. Now that was a 17 story office building 
and at that time it was the largest office building in the South. In 1927, in downtown, they got a new railroad station, the Carolina Theater, and the King Cotton Hotel. Now you remember how I said 60 trains a day were going in and out of the city? Well, in 1927, an airport was built in Greensboro, and this really started bringing people to the city. Well, as you know, every up has a down, and that down for the United States is called the Great Depression. When the Depression hit, over 11% of the people in Greensboro required emergency relief assistance. And as if to kick a man when he's down, in 1936, a big tornado came through downtown and killed 12 people. Now, to lighten the mood a little bit, I want to talk about the Wyndham Championship. Well, mainly I just, I love golf, and so I want to talk about the Wyndham Championship. If you're not in the golf world, you may never even have heard of this, but the Wyndham Championship was founded in 1938, and it started out uh, being called the Greater Greensboro Open, and it's actually the sixth oldest golf event in the PGA Tour. Now, to begin with, the tournament uh, alternated between two Greensboro courses, the Starmount Forest Country Club and the Sedgefield Country Club. Now today, the Wyndham Championship is only held at the, the Sedgwick Country Club. And when they play this year, um, 2021, it'll be the 82nd time that they've played this event. And the last thing I want to say about it is that the, the Wyndham Championship is the only PGA Tour contest that is held on a course originally designed by Donald Ross. Now, one day I may do an episode on Donald Ross, but he's a really famous golf course designer. And if you want to hear a little bit more about uh, Donald Ross, you can listen to my Pinehurst episode, which is episode 10. Now, let me talk about World War II for just a minute. During World War II, Greensboro did their part by hosting a major Army Air Force base here. It was actually the only U.S. military base that was located completely inside a city. Now, eventually, this base became known as the Overseas Replacement Depot, and its main job was to process military personnel going to and coming from overseas. Well, then came the polio epidemic. This was in the 40s, and polio was just raging in Greensboro. So, in 1948, they built a polio hospital. Now, everybody literally called it the polio hospital, but it was actually Central Carolina Convalescent Hospital. And it operated like that until 1958, and then it became the Central Carolina Rehabilitation Hospital. Now, issues between the races has been a, a constant problem since the end of the Civil War. But in Greensboro, it kind of came to the head around the time uh, World War II came to an end. Because in 1951, Dr. William Hampton became the first African American elected to city council. And of course, people weren't very happy. But what Greensboro is noted for, as far as civil rights goes, was the lunch counter sit-in. On February 1st, 1960, four male students from NCANT went to F.W. Woolworth's store. Now, after making a few purchases, they sit down for lunch. They placed an order, but the store refused to serve them because they were black. After word spread about what was going on, some more students joined the, the guys at uh, F.W. Woolworth's and eventually, the, the movement was progressed to the nearby Cress store, and that was on April 21st. Well, the sit-ins happened every day for about five days, and uh, F.W. Woolworth, I think I read they, they lost about a third of their business during these sit-ins. Ultimately, 45 people were arrested and charged with trespassing, 
And this enraged the black community in Greensboro, so huge boycotts of places started. Eventually, the businesses, because they were losing so much business, they relented. And I read that six months later, those same four guys returned to F.W. Woolworths and they were served without issue. Now moving on, in 1953, the Atlantic Coast Conference was founded in Greensboro. Now if you don't know what the Atlantic Coast Conference is, you might know it better as the ACC. Well, it's an association that sanctions competition in 25 sports in Division I of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. In short... If you've ever watched Clemson, Duke, Maryland, North Carolina, NC State, South Carolina, or Wake Forest play basketball on TV, you're definitely watching the ACC. Those seven colleges were the first members of the ACC. Now, it was founded when those seven members, they were originally part of the Southern Conference, and they left um, the Southern Conference to form their own conference. I know that's a lot of times saying the word conference, but a conference is literally just a, a grouping of athletic teams. Now, the ACC has added some more teams to it over the years, but it started out with those original seven right there in Greensboro. Now, the Greensboro Coliseum, and I'm just going to brush on this a little bit, but the Greensboro Coliseum was built in 1959, and when it was built, it was the largest single-seat arena in the world, and today it's number two in the nation and number six in the world for size. Now, another little fun fact I stuck in my notes here was that Greensboro was actually the original location planned for Bush Gardens, which is up in Williamsburg, Virginia. They planned on building it between Holden Road and Jamestown, but it never, it never came to pass, obviously. They do have uh, Wet and Wild Emerald Point, and many people think that Emerald Point was what did come instead of Bush Gardens. Now I have another awful story. Uh, it's called the Greensboro Massacre. Now, this took place on November 3rd in 1979. Members of a communist organization were working to try to strengthen local unions, and they met for a Death to the Klan parade. Now, of course, this got out to the KKK, and so a handful of Klansmen and Nazis showed up, and over the course of about 88 seconds, they killed four of the activists and wounded 10 others. The next day, a fifth member of the, the group died. Now, these guys were arrested and went to court, but twice, juries acquitted them of all charges. Now, I hate to end on a, a bad note, but that is pretty much the end of my Greensboro research. I will say that, as you can tell, Greensboro has had a, a really interesting history, and they've had ups and downs, but Greensboro is still a, a really cool place, and they have a lot going on that I didn't even mention, like the Greensboro Science Center. The, the Barn Dinner Theater, and the Carolina Theater. You know, the Carolina Theater opened in 1927, and it was the first air-conditioned commercial building in North Carolina. So you see, there's a, there's a lot going on in Greensboro that I just didn't have time to mention in, in this episode. But I hope you did enjoy the episode. Uh, and if you did, write the show and let me know. You can do that by going to www.dnceverythingpodcast.com. Don't forget to check out some of my past episodes. You can uh, go through and see the list there and, and see if there's anything that piques your interest. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at the NC Everything Podcast, Instagram at the underscore NC underscore everything underscore podcast, and Twitter at everything NC. I will admit I've gotten uh, lax on the social media again. Um, it's just 
it's I got a lot going on and it's hard to remember to get on there and make a post. So uh, hopefully you can forgive me for that. And like I said, I hope you liked the episode. And with that being said, I'll talk to you next time. The music in this episode comes from archesaudio.com and freepd.com. <laughs>